0: Hello and welcome to "Speak the Words," a Cosmere podcast. I'm Sean, and I'm Sean. And this is a podcast where two Seans, one Sean me, uh, explains the story of the Stormlight Archive to other Sean Mango.
1: I'm just kidding. This is not too one many. One book at a
0: time. This is too
1: many. Shans. This is not too uh, many
0: Shans. Sean would have hated
1: this. <laughs> he would have. He would, he would have, have absolutely
0: hated this. We do something else. That's a. That's a joke for another time. We're slowly working our way through the story of the Cosmere, currently working on the Stormlight Archive. In specific, book 2.5, I guess, Edge Dancer.
1: Wait, book 2.5? This is 3.5. Uh, we 5. did Warbreaker. Cause...
0: Okay, well, Warbreaker isn't part of the Stormlight Archive. It's part, it's of, the part of the
1: Cosmere. Yeah. So,
0: so, I get This is book 3.5 3. 5 for us, but book 2.5 of the Stormlight Archive. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: Also, if um, I sound weird, I have a, a stuffy nose for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Um,
0: the universe knew. Odium yep. is trying to vex me. He's trying to vex you. He's trying to vex me, yeah. Uh-huh. Which, I don't know, I'm not very vexed right now, so he's failing. Uh-huh. Uh, he might be trying to vex you. Instead, I,
1: I, I, I think know. you're deflecting his um, his curse on yeah. you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, last time Lyft came to a city... And did a whole lot of stuff. Uh, darkness is here. Nail, the Herald. Uh, Zeth is here. There are. Anytime
1: you say Darkness, I don't think yeah. Nail, I think Kingdom Hearts, no. and it throws yeah. me
0: off. Yeah. I don't That's why
1: when, like it,
0: but. Whenever I'm not reading directly from the book, I try not to call him Darkness, because I don't like that name for him. I don't. Uh, I d-
1: neither do I. I, I don't like uh, that for him. Um.
0: I just I just call him Nail.
1: Also, um, that seems
0: isn't he black he's black it's a little so it's, it's a little you know, yeah it's a little unfortunate i uh, don't think Lyft means it that way but it's a little unfortunate yeah
1: um i
0: mm. it yeah she got there she's investigating darkness and the skybreakers that are there darkness fuck nail i just did it good job nail and uh they're nailing the skybreakers and zeth are looking for uh, a a radiant in the city, and Mel now also is like there's two radiants in the city because Lyft is here as well. Lyft met a lady that runs an orphanage who is like I'm going to give you three meals throughout, like throughout your time in the city. I think she's been given two so far.
1: I thought um, she already got her last one.
0: No, she hasn't been given her last one. Yeah. So I think it, I think it's a it two. Uh, this weird old man in an alleyway. That talks the lift?
1: That kind of seems a little bit like. um. <laughs>
0: kind of sounds like Hoyd.
1: Like Hoyd, but isn't Hoyd? It isn't Hoyd, and like I keep slipping into the Hoyd voice. Like 100% isn't Hoyd.
0: Yeah. Side tangents about Hoyd's voice, real quick. The Hoyd voice I do is a ripoff of the graphic audio Hoyd voice, but not anywhere near as good. Uh, I-, I model it That's what, they That's they why it's Hoid a ripoff. That. Yeah, it's a ripoff. Uh, and I was listening to the Era 2 of Mistborn. Um, uh, graphic audios, and one of the bad guys in one of the books was voiced by the same voice actor that voices Hoid, and it, it fucked me up. I was like, is that Hoid? That's not Hoid. Uh, it was it was weird. It makes you it's think just, of Hoyd. but it it's not Hoyd. Of, sometimes that happens, like in the Mistborn graphic audio. Uh, Kelsier's voice actor is the same as um Vasher slash uh Zahel. In Stormlight, especially since sometimes the characters are other characters, it's worse when they aren't. But they have the same voice actor, and I'm like, I'm like, I know Kelsier and Zahel aren't the same person, but
1: these two characters have the same voice actor, but are not the same character. These two yeah. characters do not have the same <laughs> voice actor, but they are the same character.
0: Yeah, this is happens. just
1: Kingdom Hearts.
0: Yeah, that happens. Uh, I do not think the guy that voices Hoid in. Mistborn is the same guy that voices him in Stormlight. So,
1: these characters the all home, look the yeah. exact same, but are different yeah. characters. And yeah, these exactly. guys all look totally different and are the same character. Yeah, exactly.
0: But <laughs> we ended last time with Lyft getting a message through to uh, Gox, the Emperor of Aesir, uh, who was like, Hey, listen to Lyft. She's my homie. And if you don't listen to her, I'll fucking kill all you. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but that's about what he said.
1: Yeah, um, loosely.
0: Yeah, and lift is really sad, which all the radiants are, so it's not surprising.
1: Um, sad or crazy
0: or both. Sad or crazy or both. Uh, chapter fourteen. Three hours later, lift is sitting on the uh, on a scribe's desk, eating pancakes and listening to the scribe read span read messages from Gox while the other scribes pour through reports on the ground. Gox is worried about the Everstorm, as there are reports of it hitting the west coast of Roshar. Lyft is requiring that the scribe call her your pancakefulness this whole time.
1: I <laughs> gotta I'm remind close. myself this is a child. Okay. This is a child. <laughs> I Windle... hate it, but this is a child.
0: Windle is very scared and whispers about the Voidbringers and the Desolation returning. Gox wonders how the Alethi knows so much about the Everstorm and puts forward the possibility that Dalinar summoned it. Lyft reminds Gox that even though the Everstorm is coming, at the end of the day his duty is to the people who just need to keep living their lives. The scribes can't figure out what Lyft is looking for, so she becomes awesome to show them. You know, she sucks in some storm- Well, she doesn't suck in stormlight, she metabolizes stormlight, because Lyft is bullshit, but- Yeah. Uh, you know- and by that I mean she's broken. She's OP, not that she's like actually bullshit. I think it's cool, yeah. but it's it's OP. It's overpowered. It's unfair to the rest of them.
1: <laughs> I wish I had that power.
0: Yeah, you could eat forever.
1: Yes. You just and always get
0: to taste good food.
1: I could eat forever and do a magic show at the same time.
0: It's awesome. The Viziers and Azir I- take mm. over the span read. Mm. And they're like, oh, it's awesome. Fuck, I didn't mean to do that. Mm. <laughs> and then... They tell Lyft that they miss her, and they want her to come back to the palace, and that if she comes back, she doesn't have to do anything she doesn't want. She isn't sure what she's going to do, but she says that she'll see. The guard captain comes back and says that one of her colleagues has been looking into the stump's orphanage. They think she's been running some kind of money laundering scheme, and Lyft suggests that they arrest the stump, spend all her money on soup, and then give half of the soup to Lyft as payment. They spend the next few hours poring over more reports but coming up with nothing, Wendell tries to comfort her and says that he thinks that they just need to start investigating one of the leads. She's terrified of picking the wrong lead and letting Nail kill another fledgling Radiant. And Lyft finds that she hates Nail with a searing, uh, with a seething f- ferocity that startles her. As Wendell pressures Lyft to make a decision, a guard comes running in and announces that the prince has declared a state of emergency and that the Everstorm is projected to hit within two hours. Everyone oh. has to get off the streets. and the that, That's to- happening right Nail. now. Yes. Well, so the Everstorm So at the very end of Words of Radiance in their conversation, uh like in the last chapter of Words of Radiance, uh Dalinar is like the Everstorm just hit the west coast of um of of Roshar. So this scene right now is happening right in the last chapter of of um of Words of Radiance. Everyone is being ordered to get off the streets, and the parchment are to be imprisoned or sent out into the storm. Oh! The scribes all moved to obey, leaving Lift to search on her own. Mistress Wendell said, "We don't have much time." Thinking, Lift said, which was a lie. She was trying to avoid thinking. I'm sorry the plan didn't work, Wendell said. Lift shrugged. You don't have, you don't want to be here anyway. You want to be off gardening. Yes, I had the most lovely galleries of boots planned, but I suppose. I suppose we can't sit around preparing gardens while the world ends, can we? And if I'd been placed with that nice Eriali, I wouldn't be here, would I? And that radiant you're trying to save? They'd be as good as dead. Probably as good as dead anyways. But still, still worth trying, right? Wendell asks what they should do, and Lift mentions that one of the Skybreakers had been doing an investigation as well. Wendell wonders if the woman had tried the same technique that they did, and they start like, they like, wait... And they and they um run and they like start looking for uh, anybody that might have been working with the Skybreakers in this information place that they're in. Chapter fifteen, the scribe tells Lyft that the Skybreaker had hired other scribes to look into an undisclosed project two weeks ago. Lyft thanks her for her help, and the scribe tells Lyft that she should get to a storm bunker. Lyft takes off in the direction of the office of the scribes hired by the Skybreakers. She feels sad for the poor parchment who are being sent out into the storm. The windle implies that they would be turning into Voidbringers. They turn into the two skybra- they run into the two skybreaker trainees and quickly hide. They pass, and even though Lift wants to follow, she forces herself to wait. A few seconds later, Zeth passes by her with Nightblood resting on his shoulder. I do not know, Sword Nimi. He said softly. I don't trust my own mind any longer. He paused, stopping as if listening to something. That is not comforting, Sword Nimi. No, it is not. He trailed after the two, after the other two, leaving a faint afterimage glowing in the air. Lift follows the Skybreakers to the room with the records they're looking for and watches as they use a key to enter it. The two trainees en- entered the room, but Zeth just sta- st- uh, sat outside in the hallway with Nightblood resting in his lap. Lift tries to come up with a way to distract Zeth so they can get in, but Windle insists that he can sneak into the room. He doesn't think the Skybreakers' friend will be able to see him. She says that the idea is dangerous and asks if Windle can be killed. Wendell says that he can be destroyed, but it's not the same as for a human. He says that uh, he sees Brendan that have and starts to get scared again, but resolves to do it anyway. Lift tells him to listen to what the other two, uh, what the two Skybreakers are saying, and scream if he gets into trouble. He says he's good at listening and screaming and sets off. Lift waits nervously, nervously for Wendell to return and reflects on how nice her mother had been. The woman had always taken care of anyone who needed it, but when it came time for her for her to be taken care of, there was nobody there. Lyft thinks that she had been selfish, stupid, and lone, uh, and is now lonely. She's about to go in after Windle when he appears again. The Skybreakers leave a few seconds later. The two apprentices don't notice her, but Zeth stops and stares at where she's hiding for a moment with his hand on Nightblood. Zeth throws a lit sphere towards Lyft and she meets his eyes, knowing that he can see her. He pulled his sword out of the sheath a fraction of an inch. Black smoke poured from the blade, dropping toward the floor and pooling at his feet. Lift felt a sudden, terrible nausea. The assassin studied her, then snapped the sword into its sheath again. Remarkably, he left, following after the other two, that faint afterimage trailing behind him. He didn't speak a word, and his footfalls on the carpet were almost silent. In moments, all three of them had entered the stairwell and were gone. Lift and Windle both freak out after the Skybreakers leave, having been scared shitless by Zeth. Windle says that he didn't understand most of what the Skybreakers had said about their investigation, but that he heard that they found the radiant and were on their way to execute them lift and windle take off to follow the skybreakers i guess the end of chapter 15
1: nightblood decided that she wasn't evil and so was like nah don't do that um that's interesting like she she's a child leave (laughs) her
0: alone he's like seth what are you doing and that's like I, I don't That's know. That's a child. I, I That's she not evil. Meet me to a Seth. That's she's a little girl. What are you? <laughs> I'm sorry, Sartini. I didn't. Listen. I didn't I'm. Know. I
1: was created to destroy evil. That's a little girl. She's not evil. Yeah,
0: yeah. Seth is like. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think she might be a little evil. <laughs> Seth is like she calls it awesomeness. Not Stormlight. I don't. He know how doesn't it know that. He doesn't know that, but I know it. Uh, <laughs> <chapter> sixteen. Lift <laughs> followed the Skybreakers and listened to their conversation. The assassin turned eyes toward the west. The storm is coming, he said. All the more reason to be quick, the female apprentice said. She takes out a sphere and sucks in the light. Then she rose into the air. They can fly, Lift thought. Why in damnation can't I fly? Her companion rose up beside her. Coming, assassin, the woman asked. I've danced that storm once before, he whispered, on the day I died. No. You're never going to make it into the order at this rate. He remained silent. The two floating people eyed each other, then the man shrugged. The two of them rose higher, then shot out across the city. Wait like a second. Like a storming fly.
1: Wait, so how long does this take place after the last chapter of
0: Words of Radiance? So, uh, Radians they. So, uh, there's a couple days that pass between the last chapter of Words of Radiance, or between them arriving at Urethiru and the last chapter of Words of Radiance. Like, they've been exploring for a couple days by the time Dalinar bonds, okay, so and all that
1: happens. how long had it been since Zeth died? Because this couple days. is immediately following it, and I would have thought that he wouldn't be right back in action right away.
0: It's like, been a couple of days. So right yeah. away. <laughs> He's pretty much right away, yeah.
1: Yikes, okay. But now Nightblood's like, I've been with you
0: two days and you're trying to kill a child. Yeah, yeah. My interpretation of all this is that Nail heals revives Zeth and then is like, Hey, I gotta go check on check in on these people, so you're gonna come with me to check in on them, and then we're gonna continue doing shit with you. Like, my, so he's my just reading is
1: along for the rat.
0: Yeah, he's he hasn't formally joined the Skybreakers yet. It's just that whenever, while well, he was on his way to do whatever with Nail, they dropped in on this story. You're the one he's hunting for, aren't you? The assassin said softly. Lift winced, he turned and looked at her. I ain't nobody, Lift said. He kills nobodies. And you don't, I kill kings. Which is totally better. He narrowed his eyes at nobodies? her- kills th- Nail.
1: Nail, I didn't know you had a
0: key uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. He narrowed his eyes at her, then squatted down. No it is not. I hear their screams, their demands, whenever I see shadow. They haunt me, scramble from my mind, wishing to claim my sanity. I fear they've already won, but the man to whom you speak can no longer distinguish what is the voice of a mad raving and what is not. Okay, Lift said, but you didn't attack me. No, the sword likes you.
1: Great. The, sword, like the sword likes too. her.
0: Let's go. <laughs> she glanced at the sky. Um... Do you know where they're going? The report described a man who has been spotted vanishing by several people in the city. He will turn down an alleyway, then it will be empty when someone else follows. People have claimed to see his face twisting to become the face of another. My companions believe he is what is called a lightweaver, and so must be stopped. Is that legal? Nin has procured an injunction from the prince forbidding any use of surgebinding in the country, save that specifically authorized. He studied Lyft. I believe the Herald's experiences with you were what taught him to go straight to the top, rather than dancing about with the local authorities. Lift traced the direction the other two had gone. He really is wrong, isn't he? Lift said. That one you say is a Herald. He saw the Voidbring- He says the Voidbringers aren't back, but they are. The new storm reveals it, the assassin said. But who am I to say? I am mad. Then again, I think that the Herald is too. It makes me agree that the minds of men cannot be trusted that we need something greater to follow, to guide, but not my stone. What good is seeking a greater law when that law can be the whims of a man, either stupid or ruthless? The little Digitar of Angian? Okay, Lift said. Uh, you can be crazy all you want. It's fine. I like crazy people. It's real funny when they lick walls and eat rocks and stuff. But before you start dancing, could you tell me where those other two are going? You won't be able to outrun them. So no harm in telling me, right? The assassin smiled, though the emotion didn't seem to reach his eyes. The man who can vanish, this presumed lightweaver, is an old philosopher well-known in the immigrant quarter. He sits in a small amphitheater most days, talking to any who will listen. It is near. The Tashi's Light Orphanage. Storms, I should have guessed. He's almost as weird as you are. Will you fight them, little Radiant? The assassin asked. You alone against two journeyman skybreakers. A herald waiting in the wings. She glanced at Wendell. I don't know, but I have to go anyway, don't I? That's the end of the chapter. Chapter 17 Lyft becomes awesome, became awesome and started to slide through the city. She pretty quickly loses her balance and collapses to the ground. She starts running towards the orphanage, but with the skybreakers flying, she doesn't have time to not be awesome. She can see how she should do it, how she should zip through the streets and use her hands to push her off walls and increase her speed. She could see it, but she couldn't do it. She tried again and again, and she slipped and fell. She gives herself a pep talk and takes off again. Once again, she ends up sprawled on the ground. She decides to just run the rest of the way, and uh, the stormlight allowing her to run without getting tired. She finally reaches the orphanage and hears screams of pain coming from the alleyway. She's too scared to go in and confront the skybreakers, and sinks to her knees before the entrance. Wendell asks what they're going to do, and Lift says that she doesn't have any power left. It was all used up running to the orphanage. Lift gets up and takes a step toward the alley when the stump calls out to her. She tells Lyft to go find a storm bunker and that she doesn't have room in the orphanage for her. Lyft asks for her last meal, and the stump takes Lyft into the orphanage. Lyft listens to the frightened kids inside. She'd sworn an oath to remember people like them. She hadn't meant to, it had just kind of happened. Like everything in her life just kind of happened. I want control, she whispered. Mistress, Wendell asked? Earlier today, you told me you didn't believe I'd come here for any of the reasons I'd said. You asked me what I wanted. I remember. I want control. Not like a king or anything. I just want to be able to control it, a little. My life. I don't want to get shoved around by people or by fate or by whatever. I just, I want it to be me who chooses. I know little of the way your world works, mistress, he said. That seems like a reasonable desire. Listen to these kids talk. Do you hear them? They're scared of the storm. And of the sudden call to hide. And of being alone, so uncertain. She can hear the stump speaking with one of her helpers about how they don't know what's going on. She says she's going to put the spheres out just in case. Lift listens to the children searching for something and finds it. A boy with a scar on his face was talking to one of the other boys. He looked up at Lift. Hey, he said. I know you. You saw my mom, right? Did she say when she was coming back? Mick? Yeah, he said. Look, I don't belong here, right? I don't remember the last few weeks very well, but... I mean, I'm not an orphan. I've still got a mom. The boy had barely been able to talk just hours before. Lift wonders if she did something to him with her powers, but she knows that she can't heal people with mental disabilities. She wonders if it's different because he wasn't born with it and it had been caused by a head wound. Regardless, she didn't remember healing him. She wasn't sure how her powers worked. The stump comes back with food for the children and hands Lift two pancakes for her last meal. Lift thanks her and eats them, noting that they're her favorite kind and wondering if the stump wasn't all that bad. The old man was surely dead by now. Nobody would care. Likely, nobody would notice. One old man dead, found dead in an alley after the storm. But Lift, Lift would remember him. She slipped outside. And that's the end of the chapter. Chapter eighteen. Lift enters the alley as the ever storm rumbles above her. Wendell whispers that something is wrong as they move further into it. And this is when the book becomes a horror story. What? She was relieved when, at last, she stumbled over something on the ground. A body. I will remember you, Lift thought, leaning over and squinting, trying to make out the old man's shape. Mistress, Wendell whimpered. She listened as the silence of the alley gave way to a clicking, scraping sound. It encircled her, and for the first time she noticed that the figure she was poking at wasn't the old man. Lightning flashed, granting her a glimpse of the corpse, the woman skybreaker. Lift gasped and jumped backward, bumping into something behind her, another body. She spun, and the skittering, clicking sounds grew agitated. The next flash of lightning was bright enough for her to make out a body pressed against the wall of the alleyway. Darkness's two minions, Lift thought. They're dead. I heard an interesting idea once while traveling in a land you will never visit. Lift froze. It was the old man's voice. There are a group of people who believe that each day when they sleep, they die. They believe that consciousness doesn't continue, that if it is interrupted, a new soul is born when the body awakes. The walls seem to be moving, shifting, sliding like they were covered in oil. She tried shying away from the corpses, but she'd lost where they were. This philosophy certainly has its problems, at least to an outside observer. What of memory and continuity of culture, family, society? Well, the Omnithi teach that each are things you inherit in the morning from the previous soul that inhabited your body certain brain structures and print memories to help you live your single day of life as best you can. What are you? Lift whispered. What I find most interesting about these people is how they continue to exist at all. One would assume chaos would follow if if each human sincerely believed that they had only one day to live. I wonder often what it says about you that these people with such dramatic beliefs live lives that are basically the same as the rest of you. Lift finally picked him out in the shadows. The shape of a man, though as lightning lit him, she could see that he wasn't all there. Chunks were missing from his flesh. His right shoulder ended in a stump, and he was naked, with strange holes in his stomach and thighs. Even one of his eyes was missing. There was no blood, though, and a quick in a quick succession of flashes, she picked up something climbing his legs. Kremlings.
1: What that the was hell? the skittering
0: sound. Thousands upon thousands of Kremlings coated the walls, each the size of a finger. Little beasts of chitin and legs clicking away and making that awful buzz. The thing about this philosophy is how difficult is it to disprove? How do you know that you are the same you as yesterday? You would never know if a new soul came to inhabit your body so long as it had the same memories. But then, if it acts the same and thinks it is you, why would it matter? What is it to be you, little radiant? In the flashes of lightning, she watched one of the Kremlings crawl across his face, a bulbous protrusion hanging off its back. The thing crawled into the eyehole, and she realized that bulbous part was an eye. Other Kremlings swarmed up and began filling in holes, forming the missing arm. Each had a portion on the back that resembled skin. It presented this outward, using its leg to interlock with the many others holding together on the inside of the body. To me, he said, this is all no more than idle theory, as unlike you, I do not sleep. At least, not all of me at once. What are you, Lift said. Just another refugee. Lift backed away. You needn't fear me. Your war is my war, and has been for millennia. Ancient Radiance named me friend and ally before everything went wrong. What wonderful days those were before the last desolation. Days of... Honor. Now gone. Long gone. You killed these two people, Lift hissed. In defense of myself, he chuckled. I suppose that is a lie. They were not capable of killing me, so I can't plead self-defense. Any more than a soldier could plead it in murdering a child but they did ask, in not so many words, for a contest, and I gave it to them. He stepped toward her, and a flash of lightning revealed him flexing his fingers on his newly formed hand as the thumb, a single cremling with little spindly legs on the bottom, settled into place, tying itself into the others. "'But you,' the thing said, "'did not come for a contest, did you? "'We watched the others—the assassin, the surgeon, the liar, the high prince, but not you.' The others all ignore you, and that I hazard to predict is a mistake. He took out a sphere- The liar
1: and the hydrant.
0: Hmm,
1: Mm, I know who that is.
0: He took out a sphere and smiled at her. She could see the lines crisscrossing his skin where the Kremlings had fit themselves together, but they were nearly lost in the wrinkles of an aged body.
1: Wait a second! Are you implying that every Kremling we've seen so far is part of this guy?
0: Not every single one and not a part of this guy. We're gonna talk about him at the end of this episode.
1: So there's more than one being that one are of what like this guy him. Is. Yes. And most of the Kremlings we see, or at least all of the ones that you've probably pointed out, are probably pieces of these beings.
0: So whenever I thought that maybe it's possible, I have pointed that out, but I also pulled some examples for us to go through at the end of this episode. Uh, so we're going to keep moving, but we'll, we'll come back around to this guy. We're going to talk about this guy at the end. This was just the likeness of an old man, though, a fabrication. Beneath that skin was not blood or muscle. It was hundreds of kremlings pulling together to form a counterfeit man. Many, many more of them still scuttled on the walls, now lit by his fear. If you flee, the thing noted, he'll kill the one you wanted to save. You're just fine, I'm I'm sure. The monster chuckled. Those two fools got it wrong. I'm not the one that Nail is chasing. He knows to stay away from me and my kind. No, there's someone else. He stalks them tonight and will complete his task. Nail, madman, herald of justice, is not one to leave business unfinished. Lift hesitated. I like this place, he explained. Where else would I have the excuse to cover my entire body? I've spent thousands of years breeding my hordlings, and still I can't make them fit together quite right. I can pass for human almost as well as a Saya can these days, I'd hazard, but anyone who looks closely finds something off. It's rather frustrating. Uh, referring to the Saya Amians, who we have met one of. His name was Axis the Collector. The blue people. He is the blue dude. Well, we have to be specific when we say that, because the Natanatans have blue skin. Um, Who? Which- they uh they reside on the eastern coast of Roshar. Um we haven't seen a bunch of them. I don't think Doesn't we he should, have blue should... hair
1: and or blue skin and white hair or something?
0: So okay. Axis the collector is a Saya Amian, and he has blue skin and he can change the tattoos on his body. There's a race of people called the Natan uh, the N the or something, the Natanatan, um, who live like a little further east of the Shattered Plains. And they have blue skin, and it's theorized that they are the offspring of uh of humans and amiens.
1: so they have blue skin, but they can't
0: change the their tattoo, tattoo thing. thing. They are humans, but they have blue skin, like Siamiens
1: so siaamiens are not human
0: they are not human
1: because we know certain humans have the ability to change certain things about them.
0: Yes. In, in a different way than what Axis is doing, presumably. Although I, yeah. I guess I don't know, because we know very little about Axis. Still waiting for him to come back! Please, Anderson! Uh, Wait, he hasn't <laughs> come back yet? I I think we don't see him again, as far as uh, what I've read. Dang it. Which is everything, so. I mean, hopefully he comes back! I'm waiting! I He's fucking cool! Uh, Brandon, bring him back! What do you know about darkness and his plans, Lift demanded, and radiance and Voidbringers, and everything. That's quite the exhaustive list, and I confess I am the wrong one to ask. My siblings are more interested in you, Radiance. If you ever encounter another of the Sleepless, tell them you've spoken with Arklow. I'm certain it will gain you sympathy. That wasn't an answer, not the kind I wanted. I'm not here to answer you, human. I'm here because I'm interested, and you are the source of my curiosity. When one achieves immortality, one must find purpose beyond the struggle to live, as old axis always said. You seem to have found purpose in talking a whole bunch, Lift said, without being helpful to nobody. I'm helping with far more than your little personal problem. I'm building a philosophy, one meaningful enough to span ages. You see, child, I can grow what I need. Is my mind becoming full? I can breed new hoardlings specialized in holding memories. Though I need to sense what is going on in the city. Hordlings with extra eyes or antennae, an antennae to taste and hear can solve that. Given time, I can make for my body nearly anything I need. But you... You are stuck with only one body. So how do you make it work? I have come to suspect that men in a city are each part of some greater organism they can't see, like the hordlings that make up my kind. That's great, Lift said. But earlier you you said that Darkness was hunting someone else. You think he still hasn't killed his prey in the city? Oh, I'm certain he hasn't. He hunts them right now. He will know that his minions have failed. The storm rumbled above, close. Tell me, she said. Who is it? The creature smiled. A secret. And we are in Tashik, are we not? Shall we trade? You answer me honestly regarding my questions, and I'll give you a hint. Why me? Why not bother someone else with these questions, at another time? Oh, but you're so interesting. You, Lyft are different from anyone else. If each city is a creature, then you are the most special organ. Traveling from place to place, bringing change, transformation. You, Knights Radiant, I must know how you see yourselves. It will be an important corner of my philosophy. Lift gets lost in her own thoughts while he speaks. Each time he spoke of how special she was, it made her wince. She felt so small and scared in the face of the storm, Nail, and the sleepless. Yes, but how did the city of your birth know to create you, the creature was saying. I can breed individual pieces to do as I wish. What bred you? And why was this city able to summon you here now? What if I'm not special, Lift whispered. Would that be okay too? The creature stopped and looked at her. On the wall, Windle whimpered. What if I've been lying all along, Lift said. What if I'm not strictly awesome? What if I don't know what to do? Instinct will guide you, I'm sure. What if you're wrong, though? What if instinct doesn't guide us? What if everybody is frightened and nobody has the answers? Lift stood up. I left Azir because I was afraid. I came to Tashik because that's where my starving feet took me. But tonight, tonight I decided to be here. What is this nonsense? Arklow asked. How does it help my philosophy? She cocked her head as a realization struck her, like a jolt of power. Huh. Fancy that, would you? I didn't heal that boy, she whispered. What? The stump trades spheres of ones for uh, trade spheres for ones of lesser value, probably swapping done ones for infused ones. She launders money because she needs the stormlight. She probably feeds on it without realizing what she's doing. Lift looked down at Arklo, grinning. Don't you see? She takes care of the kids who were born sick, lets them stay. It's because her powers don't know how to heal those. The rest, though, they get better. They do it so suspiciously often that she started to believe that kids must come to her faking to get food. The stump is a Radiant. The sleepless creature met her eyes, then sighed. We will speak again another time. Like Nail, I am not one to leave tasks unfinished. Lift took off towards the orphanage, and that is the end of the chapter.
1: Lift, you're so smart.
0: Yeah, Lift figured it out. Yeah. I fucking didn't the first time through this. I didn't. I did not put it together.
1: So no wonder chapter- that kid seemed fine hours later. Is now later. Fine. Yep. She- He wasn't faking it, but he's okay now.
0: The stump healed him.
1: By accident.
0: Yes, by accident. Chapter 19 The storm surged across the sky, a majestic and terrible black thunderhead coursing with red lightning. Windle grew in a circle around her. Mistress, oh, mistress, this is bad. Lightning sprayed down. Mistress! Inside, Lift said, scrambling toward the door into the orphanage. It was so dark, she could barely make out the wall. But as she arrived, she immediately noticed something was wrong. The door was open. She slipped in. The room beyond was black, but feeling at the door told her that the bar had been cut right through. A shard blade. No! She turned in the room, listening. She could hear the whimpers of the children.
1: Nail your evil!
0: Mistress, Winda whispered, you can't fight him. I know. There are words that you must speak. They won't help. Tonight, the words were the easy part. Somewhere distant in the orphanage, she heard thumping, firm booted feet on the wooden floors of the second story. Lift drew in her awesomeness and started to glow. Darkness, Lift shouted, the one they call Nin, or Nail. Naku, the judge, I'm here. The thumping above stopped. Lift crossed the room, stepping into the next one, and looked up a stairwell. It's me, she shouted up it. the one you tried and failed to kill in Aesir. The footfall started again, and Darkness appeared at the top of the stairs holding a glittering star- shard blade. I am surprised to see you accept judgment, Darkness said. I had thought you would remain in a presumed safety. Yeah, Lift called. You know, the day the Almighty was handing out brains to folks, I went out for flatbread that day. <laughs> Come storm, Darkness said. You are trapped in here with me, and I know of your crimes in this city. But I got back by the time the Almighty was giving out looks. What kept you- Darkness seemed to flow like smoke as he started down the stairs. Lift scrambled to the right, away from the children, deeper into the orphanage's ground floor. Lift had Windle grow up the wall and she grabbed onto him. She hung from the ceiling. Darkness entered below, looking right, then left. He didn't look up, so when he stepped forward, Lift dropped behind him. Darkness immediately spun, whipping that shard blade around with a single-handed grip. It sheared through the wall of the doorway and passed in front of Lift as she threw herself backward. She hit the floor and burst alight with awesomeness, slicking her backside so she slid across the floor away from him, eventually colliding with the wall just below the steps. She untangled her limbs and started climbing the steps on all fours. You're an insult to the order you would claim, Darkness said, striding after her. Sure, probably, Lift called. Storms, I'm an insult to my own self most days. Of course you are, Darkness said, reaching the bottom of the steps. That sentence has no meaning. She stuck her tongue out at him. A totally rational and reasonable way to fight a demigod. He didn't seem to mind, but then he wouldn't. He had a lump of crusty earwax for a heart. So tragic. The second floor of the orphanage was filled with smaller rooms to her left. To her right, another flight of steps led farther upward. Lift dashed left, looking for the stump. Mistress, Wendell said. Do you have a plan? I can make stormlight, Lift said. Yes, baffling, but true. He can't, and spheres are rare because nobody expected the storm that came in the middle of the weeping. So, ah, maybe we can wear him down. Can't fight, him, Lift said seems the best alternative. Might have to sneak down and get some more food though. Lift ducked back into the hallway. Wait, Darkness can... dominate. Yeah. Do heralds work like that? Who knows? We don't. Because uh,
1: have we ever seen him without stormlight? Or blow on seen... stormlight?
0: We've never seen a herald ingest stormlight. Huh. Or, like, suck in Stormlight. We've never seen it.
1: Oh, so it's probably
0: a... I mean, we've seen them, but not from their point of view, so we don't know. Like, we've seen him suck up Stormlight, but it hasn't been from his point of view, so we don't know mechanically what's happening. Oh. We know what other people see. Which looks the same as what a normal Radiant does. Lift ducked back into the hallway. Darkness dominated the other end, near the steps. He walked slowly toward her, Shardblade held in a strange reverse grip. I am sorry I must do this, Darkness said. Once I would have welcomed you as a sister. No, Lift said. You're not really sorry, are you? Can you even feel something like sorrow? He stopped in the hallway. He actually seemed to be considering her question. She couldn't afford to get cornered, and sometimes that meant charging at the guy with a starven shard blade. He set himself in a swordsman's stance as she dashed toward him, then stepped forward to swing. Lift shoved herself to the side and slicked herself, dodging his sword and sliding along the ground to his left. She got past him, but something about it felt too easy. Darkness watched her with careful, discerning eyes. he had expected to miss her. She was so sure of it. He spun and advanced on her again, stepping quickly to prevent her from getting down the steps to the ground floor. This positioned her near the steps going upward. Darkness seemed to want her to go that direction, so she resisted backing up along the hallway. Darkness continued to advance. You are right. It seems I have finally released myself from the last vestiges of guilt I once felt at doing my duty. Honor has suffused me, changed me, and has been a long time coming. Great, so you're, like, some kind of emotionless spren now? Hey, Wendell said, that's insulting. No, Darkness said, I'm merely a man, perfected. Men need light, child. Alone we are in darkness, our movements random, based on subjective, changeable minds. But light is pure, and does not change based on our daily whims. To feel guilt that following a code with precision is wasted emotion. And other emotion isn't in your opinion? There are many useful emotions, which you totally feel all the time. Of course I do. He trailed off and again seemed to be considering what she'd said. He cocked his head. Lift jumped forward, slicking herself again. She anticipated him swinging the sword, and as he did, she shoved herself to the side, her entire body slick except the palm of her hand for steering. Darkness moved with a sudden, unexpected speed, bursting afire with stormlight. He dropped his shard blade, which puffed away and seized a knife from his belt. As Lift passed, he slammed it down and caught her clothing. He put his hand to the side, summoning his blade again, as Lift frantically scrambled to free herself. The knife had sunk in deeply, and he kept one hand on it. Lift bit his arm to no effect. She struggled to pull off the overshirt. His shard blade appeared and he raised it. Lift floundered, half-blinded by her shirt. But she could feel that blade descending on her. Something went smack, and Darkness grunted. Lift peeked out and saw the stump standing on the steps upward, holding a large length of wood. Darkness shook his head, trying to clear it, and the stump hit him again. Leave <laughs> to the you monster! She growled at him. <laughs> she raised the length of she raised the length of wood above her head. Darkness sighed, then swiped with his blade, cutting her weapon in half. He pulled his dagger from the ground, fleeing, freeing Lift. Then he kicked her, sending her sliding down the hallway on her own slickness, completely out of control. No, Lift said, withdrawing her slickness and rolling to a stop. Her vision her vision shook as she saw Darkness turn on the stump and grab her by the throat, then pull her off the steps and throw her to the ground. The old lady cracked as she hit and fell limp, motionless. He stabbed her then, not with his blade, but with his knife. He turned toward Lift. Dang. Still alive, he said to Lift, but bleeding and unconscious. She is too new to know how to feed on Stormlight in this state. You all have to impale and wait until you are truly dead. This one, though, she can just bleed out. It's happening already. I can heal her, Lift thought, desperate. He knew that. He was baiting her. Pointing the shard blade toward Lift, he was now truly just a silhouette. Darkness. True darkness. I don't know what to do, Lift said. Say the words, Windle said from beside her. I've said them in my heart. What good would they do? Too few people listened to anything other than their own thoughts. What good would listening do her here? If she, all she could hear was the sound of the storm outside. Lightning making the stones vibrate. Thunder. A new storm. I can't defeat him. I've got to change him. Listen. Lift scrambled toward Darkness, summoning all of her remaining awesomeness. Darkness stepped forward, knife in one hand, shard blade in the other. She got near to him, and again he guarded the steps downward. She slid past them both, then turned and scrambled up the steps the stump had come down a short time earlier. Darkness cursed, swinging for her, but missing. She reached the third floor, and he charged after her. You're leaving her to die, he warned. Giving chase, as lift found a smaller set of steps that led upward, onto the roof. A trap door in the ceiling barred her way, but she flung it open. She emerged into damnation itself. Terrible winds broken by that awful red lightning. A horrific tempest of stinging rain. She stepped from the trapdoor but had to immediately huddle down, clinging to the rocks. Windle formed handholds for her, whimpering, holding her tightly. Darkness emerged into the storm, rising from the hole in the clifftop. He saw her, then stepped forward, hefting his shard blade like an axe. He swung. Lift screamed. She let go of Windle's vines and raised both hands above herself. Windle sighed a long, soft sigh, melting away, transforming into a silvery length of metal. She met Darkness's descending blade with her own weapon, not a sword. Lifted did no creme about swords. Her weapon was just a silvery rod. It glowed in the darkness and it blocked Darkness's blow, though his arm left her arms quivering.
1: Wait, Ow. she didn't and say Minder's anything. Voice said
0: in her head. So, she's already said them in her heart. She's, she's sworn the ideal, she just hasn't spoken the words out loud. Um,
1: And she still didn't. But now uh-huh. she gets a sword.
0: Yeah. She's, she's progressed, she just needs to actually say the words. It's enough to summon a shard blade at this point. Like, everybody acknowledges, yes, you have reached this point, you just haven't verbalized it. Um,
1: you get the magic powers without saying the magic
0: words. The internalizing part is the important part. Anybody can just say the words and not mean them, you Okay, know? but what are the words? Wait ten seconds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ow, Wendell's voice said in her head. You think you can fight me, child? Darkness growled, holding his blade against her rod. I, who have lived immortal lives. I, who have slain demigods and survived desolations. I am the herald of justice. I will listen, Lyft shouted, to those who have been ignored. What? Darkness demanded. I heard what you said, Darkness. You were trying to prevent the desolation. Look behind you. Deny what you're seeing. Lightning broke the air. Across the farmlands, the ruby glare revealed the huddled clump of people. A sorry, sad group. the poor Parshman who had been ev- evicted. The red lightning Aww. seemed to linger with them. Their eyes were glowing. Uh. No, Nail said. An isolated event. A Parshman who had, who had survived with their forms. You've failed, Lift shouted. It's come. Nail looked up at the thunderheads, rumbling with power. Red light ceaselessly rola- roiling within. In that moment, it seemed, strangely, that something within him emerged. It was stupid of her to think that with everything happening, the rain, the winds, the red lightning, she could see a difference in his eyes, but she swore that she could. He seemed to focus, like a person waking up from a daze. His sword dropped from his fingers and puffed away into mist. Then he slumped to his knees. Storms. Yazrian. Ishar. It is true. I failed. He bowed his head, and he started weeping. Puffing, feeling clammy and pained by the rain, Lyft lowered her rod. "'I failed weeks ago,' Nail said. "'I knew it then. "'Oh, God. "'God, the Almighty. "'It has returned!' "'I'm sorry,' Lift said. "'He looked to her, face lit red by the continuous lightning, tears mixing with the rain. "'You actually are,' he said, then felt at his face. "'I wasn't always like this. "'I am getting worse, aren't I? "'It's true.' "'I don't know,' Lift said. "'And then, by instinct, she did something she would have never thought possible. "'She hugged darkness.' Oh. He clung to her, this monster, this callous thing that had once been a herald. He clung to her and wept in the storm. Then, with a crash of thunder, he pushed away from her. He stumbled on the slick rock, blown by the winds. Then started to glow. He shot into the dark sky and vanished. Lift heaved himself to her feet and rushed down to heal the stump. And that is the end of chapter nineteen. I good job, really Lift. Like, yeah, I really like the edge dancer ideals. I think it shows a different side of the Knights Radiant. They're not just people with magic swords that slice the hell out of people. Like, lifts have been I will remember those who have been forgotten and I will listen to those who have been ignored.
1: And um, what she just
0: said. Well, I will listen to those who have been ignored. Yeah, that one. So, uh... Wait. Life before death, strength before weakness, journey but before destination. But she said three. Th-
1: you have to say three.
0: Yeah. Life before death is the first one. Oh, right, right. Second right, one. Right. I, yeah, I always forget I about
1: remember.
0: that one, because yeah. it's not unique. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I I just like that for these Radiants, it's like, it's, it's not about fighting a war, it's about remembering that people are people. <laughs> you know? The last chapter, chapter 20. So you don't have to be a sword, Lift said. A sword is traditional, Wendell said, but you don't have to be one. Obviously not, he said, sounding offended. I must be metal. There is a connection between our power, when condensed and metal. That said, I've heard stories of Spren becoming bows. I don't know how they'd make the string. Perhaps the Radiant carried their own string? Lift nodded, but she was barely listening. Who cared about bows and swords and stuff? This opened all kinds of more interesting possibilities.
1: It could be a metal filament string.
0: It could yeah.
1: Yeah? Yeah, It could Um, be that. Okay.
0: Totally off-fucking-topic, but kind of. We have seen, there's a short story called Sixth of the Dusk, which is set way in the future of the Cosmere, and there is going to be a sequel to Sixth of the Dusk that Sanderson has read from, and in the sequel to Sixth of the Dusk, the chapter he read, we see a shard bearer with a shard gun. <laughs> so, well, like, what's the deal with bullets? How does that work? Are the bullets little pieces of the spren? Like, what's happening? That's we don't know. gross. Whether it's ju- is it just normal bullets that are feeding through a spren and the spren is forming the gun, uh, we don't know. But anyways, point being, uh, as we go through the Cosmic, we're gonna get creative with what these spren can make.
1: But, um. that's just reminding me of, like, Barrett. Like, Barrett's yeah, arm yeah. is a gun, where do the bullets come from? My
0: God, don't ask me that question. How does he put the bullets in his arm? With a lot of help. I do wonder what I'd look like as a sword, Wendell said. You went all day yesterday complaining about me hating someone with you. I don't want to be a sword without one swings, obviously, but there is something stately about a shard blade. Oh, so like display. a
1: ceremonial blade.
0: He, I would make a fine one, I should think. Very regal. The stump came up the stairs with a large plate of pancakes, and Lift asks if they're for the children or for the stump. The stump says they can pretend that they were all going to be for herself, and sets down the pancakes, which Lyft starts to devour. The stump tells her that Mick's mother showed up earlier and took her child back. I've been healing the children, the stump said. You are sure about this? Yeah, Lyft said. You should have a little we- a- a weird little thing hanging around you. Not me. Something weirder, like a vine. A spren, the stump said. Not like a vine. Like light reflected on a wall from a mirror. So, she bonded to the same kind of spren that the shoemaker saw in Words of Radiance. She's not an edge dancer. But she shares the surge that heals, cool. Which with the edge dancers, cool. Lift glanced at Windle, who clung to the wall nearby. He nodded his vine, his vine face. Sure, that'll do. Congrats, you're a starving knight radiant stump. You've been feasting on spheres and healing kids. Probably makes up some for treating them like old laundry, eh? I would have thought the stump said that knights radiant would be more majestic. Lift scrunched up her face at the woman, then thrust her hand to the side and summoned Windle in the shape of a large, shimmering silvery fork. A shard <laughs> fork, if you would. She stabbed him into the pancakes, and unfortunately, he went all the way through them, through the plate, and poked holes in the stump's dresser. Still, she managed to pry up a pancake. Lyft took a big bite out of it. Majestic as damnation's own gonads, she proclaimed, then wagged Wendell at the stump. That's saying it fancy style, so my fork don't complain that I'm being crass. The stump seemed to have trouble coming up with a response to that, other than to stare at Lyft with her jaw slack. The scribe from earlier shows up and says that Gox <laughs> is upset that they cut off communication with him before. Lift asks how the Empire is doing, and she and he uh, she says that it is surviving, but in chaos. She says that Gox used, uh, asked after Lift's health. She says that she hasn't e- uh, Lift says that she hasn't eaten enough pancakes, and that she has a wart on her toe that keeps coming back when she heals with stormlight. Lift tells Gox about their stump over Spanreed, saying that she's kind of nice and takes care of kids, so they should recruit her. She says that the stump can uh, stare at the Voidbringers in a real mean way, and they'll give up. <laughs> Lift finishes the pancakes. Okay, she proclaimed, standing up. That's nine. What's the last one? I'm ready. The last one, the stump asked? Ten types of pancakes, Lift said. It's why I came to this starving city. I've had nine now. Where's the last one? The tenth is dedicated to Tashi, the scribe said absently as she wrote. It is more of a thought than a real entity. We bake nine and leave the last in memory of him. Wait. Lift said. So there's only nine? Yes. You all lied to me? Not in so much. Damnation, Window, where'd that skybreaker go? He's got to hear about this. She pointed (laughs) at the scribe, then at the stump. He let you go for that whole money laundering thing on my insistence, but when he hears you've been lying about pancakes, I might not be able to hold him back. Both of them stared at her as if they thought they were innocent. Lift shook her head. Excuse me, she said. I gotta find the radiant refreshment room. That's a fancy way of saying, down the stairs, the stump said, on the left, same place it was this morning. Lift went down the stairs, winked at the orphans, and slipped out the front door. Lift smiled and started off along the street. We're leaving, then? Wendell asked. Yup. Just like that? No farewells? Nope. This is how it's going to be, isn't it? We'll wander into a city, but before there's time to put down roots, we'll be off again? Sure, Lift said. Though, this time, I thought we might wander back to Azimir and the palace. Wendell was so stunned, he let her pass him by. Then he zipped up to join her, eager as an axe-hound puppy. Really? Oh, mistress, really? I figure, she said, that nobody knows what they're doing in life, right? So Gawks and the Dusty Viziers, they need me. She tapped her head. I got it figured out. You've got what figured out? Nothing at all, Lift said, with the utmost confidence. But I will listen to those who have been ignored. Who are ignored, she thought. Even people like Darkness, whom I'd rather never have heard. Maybe that'll help. They exit the city, passing the guard captain from earlier, who was shocked to see Lyft. Lyft goes around using her stormlight to heal wounds from the refugees. That was very benevolent of you, Windle said. Lift shrugged. It didn't seem like it made had made much of a difference, just a few people and all, but they were the type that were forgotten and ignored by most. A better knight than me might stay, Lyft said. Heal everyone. A big project. Perhaps too big. And too small all the same, Lyft said. She couldn't rightly explain it, but she knew that something larger was coming and she needed to get to Aesir. Windle cleared his throat. Lyft braced herself to hear him complaining about something, like the silliness of walking all the way here from Azimir, only to ro- walk right back two days later. I was a very regal fork, wouldn't you say? He asked instead. Lyft glanced at him, then grinned and cocked her head. You know, Windle, it's strange, but I'm starting to think you might not be a Voidbringer after all. And that is the end of Edge Dancer. Cool. Uh, and the credits roll, and at the end it says, "Lift, Windle, Nail, and Zeth will return in the Stormlight Archive, Oathbringer. bringer. Uh, also, Gox will return in Oathbringer as well. Nice. I'm trying to think if anybody else comes back. I don't think the stump comes back yet.
1: Man, she doesn't uh, stare at anyone really menacingly. After not an Oathbringer.
0: Book. That was that was Edge Dancer. That's Lift. That's Windle. You'll see them again in Oathbringer. Um." I hope, uh, and you'll see Nail again. I hope you well uh, enjoyed getting to know Harold a little bit more. Um, I'm, like I'm that surprised
1: part. that she succeeded.
0: Yeah, I would have well, thought that
1: he would just stay in denial the entire time. And just yeah. be like, no, you're wrong. Even when it's obvious that she's right. Because, you he's, know, he thinks he's been around for thousands of years. I'm right, you're wrong.
0: He's not in denial anymore, but I will peek behind the curtain a little bit and tell you don't expect Nail to become an ally.
1: Oh, I'm not expecting that. It's yeah, just like, yeah. hey, maybe yeah. don't kill all the Radiants because like, we kind of need them. Yeah. Because, like, hey, you failed, but yeah. they're back anyway, so we kind of need them. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm very excited to get into Oathwinger. Uh Before I tease what we're going to talk about next week, though... Uh, Dizzyan Amians, Amiens, or the Sleepless, as they were introduced in this book. Um, first mentioned, I've- Wait, there's two to
1: different we- types of Amiens?
0: Yes, yeah, so there's the Asaya Amiens, which are the blue ones, and- Asaya on the Amiens
1: map, and the something Amiens. And the
0: Dizzyan Amians. Amiens. Dizzy. So if you look at the map of Roshar that I linked a little bit ago, I think it was- It's only if you scroll up a little bit, you'll see it. They come from Amia, the island in the- Well, yeah, I know that. All the way to the west. Um, they both are from there. Yeah. Now, they're first mentioned in The Way of Kings by Hoyd in the first book. Hoyd says, I wonder if you could do that to a man. Pull him apart, emotion by emotion, bit by bit, bloody chunk by bloody chunk. Then combine them back together into something else, like a dizzy and Amian. If you do put together- put a man together like that, Dalinar, be sure to name him Gibberish after me. Or perhaps gibbletish." uh Nice, but yes, he was mentioned all the way back there, or they're mentioned all the way back then. Cool. Um, broadly known as the Sleepless, this specific sect goes by the Diz- by the Dizianamians because they resided in Amia on Roshar a long time ago. Uh, they have been in every Stormlight book since this one, in some fashion. Uh, the Sleepless write the back cover text of the books. Oh. Uh, you the um uh. This guy, I think his name was Arklow. Arklow referred to the main characters of the series by the names that they are referred to in the back covers of the books. And he says that the Sleepless are watching those people. The Sleepless are the ones writing the back covers. Um, Sanderson has said that if there's a weird amount of Kremlings around in a scene, it might mean that there's a Sleepless there. And he's confirmed two appearances. So right at the end of Words of Radiance, when Hoyt is giving his big monologue to nobody, there's a couple timers, times where he mentions how a Kremling is responding. So he's giving his monologue to a Sleepless while waiting for Yasna to come through from And Shade he was Park.
1: aware that there was a...
0: I think he knew. I think he knew.
1: Okay.
0: I I would be surprised if he didn't. Way back in The Way of Kings, chapter 4... There's a weird kremling mentioned all the way when Kaladin is in the slave cart on his way to the Shattered Plains. The passage reads, A legger, its hair-like spines lifted to the air to give warning of changes in the wind. Climbed along the side of the cart, its long body lined with dozens of pairs of legs. That was familiar enough, but he'd never seen a legger with such a deep purple carapace. Sanderson has confirmed that this is a sleepless. Um, Uh, Wait,
1: so... A legger is a because
0: It's that- a type of Kremlin, yeah. Okay,
1: well that's not obvious, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, But a legger is just a type of Kremlin. But this Kremlin in particular was a Sleepless all the way back in chapter four of Wave of Kings. I like it because as the books go on, we kind of peel back the curtains of like, hey, there's not just humans. Like, there's also fucking weird shit out there. You know, like, it uh, it makes the world feel like like, magic is coming alive, which is the point of these books, right? Is that this is a world where magic has been dead for a long time and it's returning. So by reintroducing kind of mythical beings and stuff like that, I think that uh, really fits the tone of the series.
1: Yeah, but they have amiens which are not human, and they know about these amiens that are not human.
0: So they've mentioned the Amians before. They don't really... Like, when they're brought up throughout the books, they're like, I don't know if they exist. Like the people that see axes assume he's from natton and uh not like, from amenia yeah they're like oh you're one of the fucking blue people from the east like but he's
1: like no I'm from here
0: yeah uh they've they've been gone for so long that they're like I didn't immigrate
1: here I'm here yeah
0: yeah next week we will start oathbreaker we're going to cover hopefully the prologue through chapter 3 uh, and the little passage or little sentence that I stole from, uh, the book to tease you with that, um, actually I caught this out of my notes, but I went back and pulled it back out just to read it here. Uh, and the sentence is, Rock buds crunched like skulls beneath Dalinar's boots as he charged across the burning field. Cool. That's it. That's an
1: interesting way of describing it. Yes.
0: As Dalinar charged across the burning field. It's
1: not these skulls remind me of rocks. It's these rocks remind me of yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> stepping on skulls. Yeah, 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 yeah. We will get we will get our first Dalinar flashback next week.
1: Oh, I forgot uh, that this is his book. Oh,
0: this is his book. Oh, lordy,
1: you,
0: to, you know. Honestly, Mango, I've been reading the series called Red Rising. Really put Dalinar in perspective for me because the main character of that book is so much worse.
1: He's really,
0: an absolute monster.
1: The main <laughs> character is an
0: absolute yeah, monster. but like he has to be like he's fighting a war against people that are even worse monsters. So it's like the enemy, you know, right? Like it's like it's like they're gonna do the same thing to us, so we gotta do it to them, kind of thing. But. At the same time, it's like Jesus Darrow, holy fuck, dude.
1: This is bad. Uh,
0: this is You are the bad things. guy.
1: Everyone's the bad guy. There is no good guy. So.
0: Thanks guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. Uh for now, uh you guys can join our Discord server. Uh the link to do that is in the episode description. Follow us on Twitter at speakstormlight. Email us at speak the words at G- uh, speak the words ASP at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore AFK, or maybe not. I don't know. We'll find out what happens there. Uh, uh, and follow our good friend Alex who made the cover art at Alks underscore big boy that's B-E-E-G-B-O-I a link is in the episode description life before death strength before weakness journey before destination